0: Welcome back to Getting In Tune podcast. Um, today we're two, with two members of the Cast Music, which is an opera band. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm
1: Bryn Bertesi, and uh, I am the originator and a singer also with the
2: cast. And I'm Ann Byrne, and I am a mezzo-soprano singer with the cast and currently running the cast social media.
3: Um, This is a very hard thing to ask you to do and I know that but I have the feeling that some or actually probably most of the people listening to this aren't completely familiar with opera so could you just give us like a two minute brief summary rundown on the basics of it just so we're not like completely lost on the terms and the whole nature of the art.
2: If I can give the world's most um Basic description of different uh, three different theatrical forms leading up to opera. There's a play, basic play, which is just text. There's musical theater, which is song and text, spoken uh, uh, words, and then there's opera, which is just song, and the uh, spoken text portion gets turned into um, recitativo, which is uh, basically a a sung monologue. Um, So that's kind of the easiest way to differentiate from uh, other theater experiences.
3: Cool, cool, okay. Um, Now we're gonna do like a speed round of questions just so we can get to know you and your music better. So Ani and I will just fire questions at you and (laughs) and I'll just try to answer as, no elaboration needed, just just like a flat. (laughs) So like short,
1: short form answer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, first question. Where are you guys based in?
1: We're based in Berlin, Germany.
0: Awesome. Where are you originally from?
2: I am from upstate New York, the Binghamton area. Uh, This is Anne and Bryn.
1: And I'm actually from Indiana, Carmel, Indiana.
2: When
0: did you guys get into music?
2: Um, I I got into music... uh, I mean, I, I always loved um, singing, I, I would say mm-hmm. I got serious about it in high school, um, oh yeah, I'm not elaborating, just got serious about it in high school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and I, Bryn, I started singing when I was about 12, um, basically because my best friend's dad was in a band and heard me singing and said to my mom, you should put her in voice lessons. So I was 12.
3: Hmm. Cool. Cool. Um, when did you start the band?
1: Um, So actually, I had the idea for the band at the end of 2012 and we held auditions and reached out to people like other performers that we already knew or had worked with and developed the um, first group in 2013. And then that was the year we recorded our first single of Lippenschweigen with a special arrangement from um, an American arranger and composer. And then we uh, had our first concert in that October.
0: Wow, so what were you doing before that, or even now alongside the opera band?
2: Um, well, before I joined the the, the band in 2016, um, two years after I moved to Germany. And before that, I was uh, the epitome of a struggling artist. <laughs> I was uh, had a lot of side jobs. I was doing a lot of dog walking and babysitting. Um, and then, you know, any concert that could possibly come up, I would I would do that, um, and I still you know alongside the band um, take other concerts and and actually I still dog walk because I love dogs. She she does actually really love dogs it is <laughs> really
1: love them it's for real. Um, <laughs> so um, hi this is Bryn so I'm actually running the cast full time that is basically my nine to five job is doing the um, musician management and. Uh, coordination, scheduling. Um, I do, I work with Anne on our social media and online marketing. So that's kind of like my day job. And then I'm also a performer along with the group. So really when it comes to like building and creating, we're doing a lot of that together, but for the sort of the day-to-day administrative work, um, that's myself and Anne and a couple other people uh, from around the world actually.
3: Cool, that's very awesome. Um, Last question. in my opinion, a hard one. But favorite piece can be opera, classical orchestral, jazz, anything really. Oof, that is um, a
2: hard one. <laughs> I I have a I have a list of about five, so I'll I'll pick just one. Um, and it is not something uh, for my voice type. It's um, Adio del passato from La Traviata, Verdi's Traviata. It's uh, Violetta's. Um, well, it's her death aria. <laughs> Goodbye to the world. And it's uh, it's it's just one of the most beautiful pieces of music you'll ever hear.
1: Yeah, I'm actually also oh. really partial to the composer Giuseppe Verdi. And um, he wrote, in my opinion, he wrote only good music. Um, <laughs> but I would have to say from him, it would be his opera Rigoletto because that was, or more Italian, Rigoletto, because that was the first piece that I learned which kind of helped um, fuel the flames of my appreciation for opera as an art.
0: Wow. It looks Ooh. like we have to listen to... Yeah, we definitely <laughs> have. It's amazing, I'll send you a link.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll send you a link for, for a really good recording.
0: Yeah, but now I guess we're gonna elaborate a little bit now on some of, some of your previous answers. Um, so you, mm-hmm. you both mentioned that you're originally from like the US, New York, Indiana. Um, moving from the states to Europe is kind of like a big switch, at least in my eyes. So, why did you decide to like take that leap? It's
2: it is a huge leap. You're not you're not wrong. <laughs> um, I think after you make the leap, you realize uh, it's even bigger than you thought. Um, to try and keep it short, I I worked uh, in Boston for a couple of years after I finished my masters um, at New England Conservatory and. Just as I got, uh, I finally got a job with uh, one of the two companies in Boston at the time Boston Lyric Opera and Opera Boston. I was finally hired to sing with Opera Boston, and they closed due to budget cuts um, just three months into the contract. And mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, the first thing that occurred to me was move to Europe. And <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I, I did it with about that much forethought. Um, so it was, In in many ways, it was about a a two-year move, because it feels like that's how long it took me to get settled. Um, But but yeah, it's a a big move. Bryn?
1: Yeah, I mean, I could say a lot. So I think the first and most important thing to know is you'll find out that a lot of opera singers move to Germany. That's kind of a cliche, because Germany does have the largest opera industry in the world. Um, So that's sort of why you'll find a lot of opera singers moving to Germany. Germany was, however, not my first stop. I actually have lived in five different countries and that's mostly because of the fortunate side. I met my husband when I was really young. We actually went to music school together at Indiana University in their conservatory and, um, or their music school, not officially a a conservatory, but we met really young and when we got married, uh, I sort of won the lottery because he had basically European citizenship through being um, Hungarian and Canadian. So we, I kind of knew I wanted to live outside of the US and we just thought, let's move to Europe. And we started in Paris. Actually, we lived in Paris for two years and we're definitely the sort of starving artists there. Um, that was on the one hand, a very good and romantic experience. And on the other hand, a really, really difficult experience. And, uh, through my, you know, our continued effort to get singing jobs, we just had a lot of people advising us and pushing us towards Germany. And um, I think it's really funny now because I never imagined moving to Germany. I never wanted to move to Germany. And I certainly (laughs) never thought that I would love living in Germany. But now I really feel that Germany is my home and I'm in Berlin with my husband and my three kids.
3: Yeah, that's insane. I had no idea that it was like almost a natural thing to do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's our pilgrimage.
1: It's our it's, field field <laughs> it's our pilgrimage for both, right?
3: <laughs> um, is the music scene different in Germany or Europe compared to the states? Like, I don't know, just in general.
2: The one, the 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 only broad um, difference that I would say because there's there's every genre here and you know every every walk of life and and everybody loves their their different genres but uh in Germany and uh in Europe in general the appreciation for and um and hunger for classical music is just doubled if not tripled it's it's Mm. huge comparatively um that's That's the biggest difference that that I notice.
1: I think people also have an earlier experience with music here. Like um, music is a more concrete part of the early education. And I know um, in the States, depending on where you are uh, and depending on where you went to school, that's also the case. And I know that's sort of changing right now with um, an emphasis towards the math and sciences. Um, But here, I just think people have an experience with music, and especially with classical music, a lot earlier on. Yeah. Well, probably because there's such a huge history of classical music here. I mean, some of the, it's the true. I mean, classical, and composers in yeah. Germany, I mean, you have Wagner, you have uh, Beethoven. And so, of course, I think in that way, oh. it's much more appreciated because it did start in yeah. Europe.
2: Little guy named Mozart. Well,
1: <laughs> Austrian, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Europe,
1: Europe. Europe,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when I first like found you guys on Instagram, I was kind of like phased just by the name like an opera band, like they just, like both of the words just seem, (laughs) I don't know, like I just never expected to see that. So from my understanding, you guys are performing opera in a context that's more friendly to the modern audience, is that correct?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's that's definitely
2: so well put. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Can we use that bit on our website too? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head and I'm glad that that came across. Um, We chose the word band because it is so different from what people think of opera. And Mm -hmm. um, we wanted people to sort of be shocked and uh, confused (laughs) a little bit by that in the (laughs) beginning. But yeah, we are presenting opera music in a more... um, in a more friendly sort of uh pop atmosphere where like our audience will sing along they'll clap along they'll stomp along um we have actually had a bra thrown on stage once no joke, uh, <laughs> that is so no joke. That. <laughs> although nobody has crowd surfed yet um but i think the <laughs> other the other part of it is that we're taking opera out of context of the opera itself and we are putting our own story on it. And what I mean by that is each of us has our own connection to the piece. So to a solo piece, um, regardless of what it came from or what, what the story of the opera is, we have a connection to the music itself. It speaks to us through the story or through a personal experience with it. And we share our own stories of why we love this music.
0: Mm. Yeah, that. I mean, just like Muller, when I was, when I when she told me about an opera band, I was like, what, <laughs>
2: uh, what, uh, what now?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really it's it's really unique, and there must be some like challenges and difficulties you've faced because it's kind of like an entirely new style. Is there like, is there a specific challenge that comes with doing something that is not really common? Yeah, there is. I think. Um... You
1: kind of hit the nail on the head we really don't occupy a given space we're kind of in the middle of a handful of spaces but i do find us similar to the groups who are doing a lot more classical crossover music we just yeah i think most of the time it's just people don't know they're gonna like us because they see the word opera and they already have this negative uh idea of that kind of music and so it's hard to even get people to give us a chance. But once we get people to the theater, once they come and see a live show, once, um, once they meet us and have what we call the cast experience,
0: then they experience
1: the hashtag cast effect. And um, <laughs>
3: wow,
1: <laughs> not Brooke. to plug out. No, um, <laughs> no, but I think what it really does is it takes people and they, they come to us afterwards and they say, that was opera? I didn't know yeah. I liked opera. And that's for me in a nutshell the perfect expression of what how we want our audience to feel.
2: It's, it's huge.
3: Yeah, there's this like stereotype with opera like it being stuffy, long, huge.
2: It's
3: <laughs> yeah. But there is I feel like because of that people don't they're discouraged and they don't get to see the beauty of it which ultimately just sucks. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: It is yeah. it's it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Um I we're seeing a lot of other small companies and groups that are that are kind of trying to take not just opera but classical music in general out of this stuffy box that it's uh, kind of been left in for the last 100 mm-hmm. years. Um and it's it's amazing. I mean, we're really seeing hopefully what is a movement with that. Um so mm-hmm. So being a part of that, you know, we're just looking around and and taking note of everybody else that is that's trying to step outside of the of this classical box a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, Anne's right. We're actually trying to take note because for me, the way that this movement succeeds, the way that we bring classical music into the future is to do it together and to collaborate with other groups. So for me, it's really important that I continue meeting other musicians that are like-minded or that we share the same kind of goal with with classical music um, or even non-classical musicians who have an appreciation and just want to do something really different.
3: Yeah. I just had a question that just popped up, but I think for young people, what's most, it's opera is just hard to get into. So what would you suggest to a young person if they're even mildly interested in opera but just want to get into it?
2: hmm that's a really good question um and do you want to take that one first or i mean i would say start by listening you know i mean perhaps somebody who who's interested in in um going into opera or classical music in general is already uh immerse themselves in it but um do a lot of listening and get get a voice lesson if you can um explore and have
1: fun with it um, to, to continue on her point, I think listening is right, just just kind of have a taste of it, much like you would try any new food. Um, and of course, the two big names that come to mind, uh, because they are household names, and they're household names for a reason, because they were really, really, really good, would be uh, Luciano Pavarotti and Maria Callas. say if those are the first two opera singers you ever hear pretty much anything that they did go online and listen and just yeah you'll be you'll be fine you'll be happy and just <laughs> take note of how it makes you feel and i think for a lot of people if it this music does move you it is very powerful and i know that there's some people who won't connect to it but i think a lot more people will so just take a chance and give it a try um i read my kids the story of green eggs and ham all the time and uh, you know, the, the main figure always says he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it, but he hasn't even tried it. And then he tries it and finds out that he likes it. And I think uh, for me, opera's a little bit like <laughs> green eggs and ham. Just try it, wow. you may like it.
2: <laughs> Bryn, you really need to work that analogy into the next show.
0: <laughs>
2: Cause that's really, really good. Thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> yes, I love that. Okay. We have one last question. Um, it's kind of the deep, the deep one, I guess. Um, mm. <laughs> what has been like the most fulfilling part of your journey as a musician or even just being a part of the opera band? What, what's what been the most memorable or most fulfilling moment or part of that? Uh, I mean,
2: it, for me, it, it has to be, um, it has so much less to do with uh, the music and, and performing, but the the family that that I've created with um, with my colleagues, because mm-hmm. because of the nature of what we do, uh, when you are on tour the majority of the year with um, what used to be six strangers, <laughs> it uh, you really uh, you create a bond like like nobody else and. To, to perform every night with each other. Um, it really, it creates something something really, really special. Um, that's something I really miss currently, but we will get back to it.
1: Yeah, for me, it kind of stems from the reason that I started this group. And the real reason was that I wanted to have fun with my music. And I was feeling like I wasn't having fun anymore and I didn't want to do it anymore. And that was kind of the saddest feeling I could feel as a, a working artist. Um, so for me it was going back to having fun and then all of the benefits around that i remember thinking that as a performer i really needed the audience because there's this kind of hit you get from the energy of you know singing in front of people whether it be nerves or excitement um it does kind of give you this rush and i used to feel like i needed that but i remember we had um a show one time in luxembourg with with you know a very modest audience, to say the least, Um, very modest. And they were very, very quiet. Um, And I just just remember thinking to myself, screw them. I mean, I love singing for people, but screw them. I'm going to have a party here on stage with these people, with these friends and colleagues of mine. I'm going to have a party. And I just remember feeling the most together with that energy we had on stage. Than, uh, than I think I ever have, no matter where we where else we've performed for what size audience.
3: Yeah, that's a really great place to be. I think for me, I like right now, I part of that rush from performing comes from the audience, but I think like with COVID and everything virtually, I mean, just singing or playing the violin is a certain rush that comes from that too, so.
2: Absolutely, I mean, I I thought that I appreciated that I got to do what I love for a living um, before COVID, uh, but now I mean, gosh, somebody somebody remind me if I ever take another uh, performance and and chance to be with my my friends on stage for granted. <laughs> <laughs>